Well, yeah, so we're excited that you're here today. Thank you for, you know, whenever the weather's bad, I always just, I'm grateful for, just for anyone to show up. So, and even though the weather wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be, it seems like uh, Mother, Mother Nature must not really love us or love Jesus because it seems like always the pattern is just not good on Sunday morning. It's, it's been crazy that way. Well, my name is Brady Testor. We're excited that you're here at the Calling Community Church. This week, we had our, our official grand opening of our church, even though we've been going since June, but through the Chamber of Commerce, they came and we stood right here, and we took pictures. Ginger was here, and we took pictures. So it's going to be in the paper, so that's exciting. So look for, look for it in the paper, uh, some free advertising, which was always a, always a nice thing. God has been so, so good to us. We had our first budget meeting last, our first official budget meeting, I guess, if you will, last week, and God has just been so faithful to provide all the things that we need, all the way down to just small little details like these suitcases. We, I, I, while I was here for the Chamber of Commerce uh, ribbon, ribbon cutting, we ran into the lady who is the drama teacher here at the school, and she was so excited. She goes, if you ever need our students to build a set for you, for your church, let me know, and we'll, they can build you a set during the week. So we might just get really creative and extravagant but right now I just said hey do you have any old suitcases and she said yeah I'll just leave them on the stage for you so what a great partnership all the way down to the the gentleman who shovels off the, the sidewalk to make sure there's a safe place for you to walk in on Sunday morning this week we also discovered that we needed a new an additional classroom because our, there's so many kids coming to the church with their families and we asked the lady next to the classroom that we're already in or kind of right on down the hallway, and she said, yes, you can use a classroom. She goes, but you have to promise me one thing. Will you please pray for my classroom and the students that come into my room during the week? So can we do that as a church? Can we pray? Matter of fact, I, I want to just encourage you, every time you come into the doors here at the school, pray for the students who walk down these hallways that you're walking in. Years ago, there was a vision given to a couple different people at different times, that 80% of the students that would come to Platte County High School would be followers of Jesus Christ. Think about that. What, how would this school be transformed if 80% of the students that walked the hallways knew Jesus and loved Jesus and treated other people the way that Jesus would want them to treat them? Would this school be completely transformed? Yes, absolutely. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? So I think we have a part to play in that. Like strategically, we believe God has placed us here for a purpose. And so I want to just pray into that right now. So if you just bow your heads with me. So Father, we're grateful that we have this, this opportunity to be in this place. Thank you for opening up the doors, literally, for us to come here. God, I thank you that we have plenty of seats where we can sit comfortably. We have a stage where we can put up these musicians' uh, equipment and we can sing and we can worship you. God, I thank you for the strategic partnerships of all the people that we've come in contact with since we've walked into these doors. Not, it's not by accident, God. And Lord, we do right now, we pray for the young men and women and the teachers as well and all the staff, but the young men and women who walk the hallways of this school. Some of them come to school with heavy burdens, with things that are going on in their home life. and They come to school and then they're expected to to listen and to learn and with all the other stuff that they're carrying with them, God. We pray that through just us being in this place, that your presence would be felt, that you'd be able to lift that stuff off of them where they can accomplish everything that you want them to accomplish in their young life. 
we do pray that, God, that you would use us to be light in this place and expose places that are dark. Where students can walk in freedom and teachers can, can experience your presence in their classrooms. We do just lift up uh, Mrs. Mick, who just asks us to pray for her classroom, and Mrs. Webster, who gives us her room as well, that you would bless their families, that you bless their rooms, that when students walk into their room, they experience something different in that place, and the students recognize that. So God, thank you for being with us here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you this morning. We, we started this journey last week, this 40-day prayer journey leading up to Palm Sunday before Easter. And if you did not get one of the prayer journals, please, it's not too late. Go ahead and grab one. We've got some more. They are um, in the back, right there on the table when you first walk in. Grab one of those prayer journals. It's every day. It's dated. So you can just go to that day, and you can pray the prayer that's going on that particular day. And so it'll make sense to you because I'm going to use those prayers to kind of guide the sermon text for the next few weeks. And so that'll, it'll kind of, you'll already be studied ahead if you, if you go ahead and do that. So last week we talked about revival. In order for revival to come, revival must start with us, right? It must start in us personally, and then it can go out from there. So today I want to talk to you about what you're going to experience what you're going to experience as revival comes in you and who you're going to come in contact with on this journey. First of all, on the journey, when revival starts to come, we find out that, and we may discover this, maybe you already know this, but we find out that we are, our lives are way too busy. Anybody resonate with that? Your life is just too busy. And you might think, or might even be tempted to, to buy into this lie that says, you know, I am so busy, I don't even have time to pray, Brady. Well, in reality, it's the opposite. You are too busy not to pray. Does that make sense? Finding opportunity and finding time and carving out time to say, even if it means five minutes earlier, if even, even if it means I'll turn off the radio and on my car drive into work or whatever it is, on my way to school or however it is, I got, I've got to find some time to pray, to, to, to make this vertical connection with God so that I can be more available and more aware of what's going on around me um, in the horizontal part of our life. So we're too, we find out we're too busy. All of a sudden we realize, you know what, I haven't, I haven't been really spending enough time, as much time as I should be spending. And don't let that be con- condemning or, or guilty and shame. Let it be let it propel you to say, you know, I'm going to look for opportunities to be in prayer and, and to, to talk to God on a regular basis. I love it in Isaiah chapter 62. It, it's, there's a scripture that says, I have posted, like God is, is, is speaking this word. It says, I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem, that they will never be silent day or night. You will call on the Lord, it says. You will pray and call on the Lord and give yourselves no rest. And give God no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. What if we were so committed as a church, as a body of Christ to say, we will give God no rest until the vision comes true that there are so many students walking the halls at Platte County High School, and not just this school but other schools as well, who know Jesus, who love him, who bring him with them when they come to school. What a beautiful thing that would be. When we're on this journey and revival starts to happen, we, we learn that we have to make time to pray and to reprioritize, I don't know why I can't say that word, 
Prioritize. Why? I don't prioritize. That's what it is. Maybe I spelled it wrong. I don't know. We've got to find a, we've got to re, realign our priorities, right? Our lives. There we go. Boom. Say it differently. We start to see God's glory revealed in and through us. I love this thought that Jesus has given us his glory so that we might display the shining uniqueness of his character to all those we come in contact with on our journey. Like he has given this to us to display it to other people. We are the visible image of the invisible Jesus on the earth. He has given us his glory, not to conceal it and hold on to it when we come into our secret meeting on Sunday morning and we're all together in one place and now we can reveal God's glory and we're all comfortable and we're okay with that. But instead he says, no, I want you to take that out into the community and, and on the journey that you're on, wherever it is God takes you throughout the week, revealing his glory to those you come in contact with. There's an interesting question in the, in the prayer books. What if local churches in our community united together to become one people following one magnificent person? Sometimes the most division in our community is in, is in the body of Christ, which doesn't really make sense at all. There's like a sense of competition in the churches. And that causes division, that causes insecurities among pastors when they see each other in the community. You know, that, those walls have really been broken down a lot here in Platte City. There's a ministerial alliance meeting. They actually is called the Village Fire, where once a month the pastors get together and we just come together and we pray. But not all the pastors come. Oddly enough, some, some churches, some denominations won't allow their pastors to pray in unity with other pastors doesn't make sense. To me, it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't seem like that's God's heart. You think we'd, all, we'd want all of us to be one, right? A house divided cannot stand, but when we're together, powerful things can happen, and we see it more and more often in our community. I think there's revivals coming in our community because we've been praying into it for, for 10 years now, and so it's a pretty powerful thing, but what if that happened in our community? So you're along this journey and, of revival, and you begin to get a new passion for, for worship. Maybe you find yourself uh, more free to express your love and devotion to God. I love where it says in Psalm 70, it says, May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, Let God be exalted. Where we're just unashamed to worship. We cheer on our favorite sports teams. And, 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 I'm, and I'm as guilty as that as anybody. I love sports. I love cheering. I love getting excited about what's going on on the, on the screen or being in a, going to, uh, I'm a KU fan, so you can throw rocks at me if you want, but going to Allen Fieldhouse and cheering for, for the Jayhawks at a basketball game. There's something about that environment. But I see people getting so excited about that, and it's so just temporary, Right? But when we're on this journey, we, maybe we discover a new passion to worship. There's a, there's a song that I, that I heard on the radio. We were driving down the road a few days ago on the way to this basketball game. And I heard this song. And it made me think about last week when I was talking about God setting us on fire. Like maybe breathing a new, his, new, his breath on us and this, the embers becoming a, a raging flame and fire inside of us. And this song was on the radio, this is on Caleb, and it's called On Fire. So I want to read these words. The band is called Sanctus Real, if you're interested in figuring out uh, 
listening to the song because it's a really powerful song. And these are the words. It says, remember when you couldn't wait to show up early and find your place because you didn't want to miss a thing. And your heart was open and ready for change. Oh, those days. You were never afraid to sing, never afraid to lift your hands, didn't care what people would think. Remember when you weren't ashamed to tell your friends about your faith? A time when you felt the pain of just one lost soul that was slipping away? Your heart was soft, you had radiant eyes, but slowly the pressures of life and burdens of life pulled you into the dark of night. But when did you lose your sight? Because you were on fire. And church was more than a place. A people were more than, and people were more than just faces. And Jesus was more than a name. Oh, you were on fire. You let life put out the flame. But he's still calling for you. I love this. He's still calling out for you. Because he wants to light your heart again and set it on fire. Set it on fire. Turn your eyes, it says, turn your eyes and don't forget what it is like. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. I want to hold God's people close. I want to feel the power of Jesus' name. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Now, I know we've got to be careful not to make it some uh, religious cheer section, or cheer, uh, you know, gathering and get all, everybody pumped up. All right, let's go. Let's go be excited for Jesus. And that's great until we walk outside and we get into the cold. And then the fire kind of starts to die down, right? Because we get into other places in our life where it makes it harder to be on fire. But it's got to start somewhere, right? It's got to start remembering that this is who I want to be and this is the passion that I want to feel. So we're along this journey and we, we discover that, uh, that maybe because of revival that's starting to happen, I don't want to walk in rebellion anymore. There's areas in my life where I need to learn to obey God. You ever had that experience? Maybe God begins to reveal some stuff. You're like, hey, this particular area of your life, I have, I've kind of let you go for a while, but I want to deal with that right now. And he kind of illuminates it. Like, that's what fire does, though. I mean, it kind of illuminates places that are dark. And, and, and if you let it, it'll burn away those things. I know it's true in my life. There's areas where he said, Brady, I want to touch this area right now. I know you've been avoiding it for a while, but let's just deal with it right now. I think you're ready. And here's, the, here's the amazing thing. When we learn to walk in obedience, revelation comes. Jesus actually says, I will show myself to those who obey me. If you really want to know him and you really want to experience him, it says, walk in obedience with me. It's powerful. Young people, you know there's blessing in your life when you're walking in obedience in your home. It's just a place of blessing. But you also know the opposite of that. All of us do. And it's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. When we're walking in obedience, there's blessing there. There's a revelation knowing in a, in a greater measure who Jesus is. And knowing and understanding his character and and. Because isn't it easier, like when you feel like, you know, I'm really walking in obedience right now, isn't it easier to want to be close to Jesus? Because there are there times when we know we're really not walking in obedience and we feel like, man, I don't even want to look at him because I don't think he wants to look at me. But that's, that's the amazing thing. He does want to look at you. He's constantly seeking us. He loves us. Just like a parent never stops loving their kid, even when they're 
not obeying. But I want to touch on a subject this morning we probably don't touch on enough. But even in obedience, when we really feel like we're walking and doing the right thing, and we, maybe we've even given up things and, and, and careers or whatever, say, God, I just want to follow you. Set me on fire. Let's go. Even in those moments, maybe especially in those moments, we start to experience trials in a greater level and temptation that comes at us like out of nowhere. You're like, man, I, don't even, I haven't even struggled with that for so long, and all of a sudden I'm struggling with this again. I got all these trials going on in my life. Why, why aren't things easier? I, I said yes to you. God, I, I want to follow you. Why are things so hard in my life right now? Has anybody ever been there? Been, have you experienced that? I know uh, there's a young couple that we're close to, and they're a big part of our church. And it's like, man, it seems like the more we say yes to Jesus, the more the enemy says no to us. <laughs> you know, and you know what? That's just reality. That's just going to happen. And I don't want you to be afraid of that. I want you to press in to that. I don't think we acknowledge it enough. We don't talk about it enough in church. I think we're afraid that people will not want to come back if that's what we're selling. You know, like we say, I mean, if you want to get serious about Jesus, get ready because some trials going to come. Like that doesn't sell tickets, does it? It doesn't fill the seats if we start telling people that. But I have to be real with you. That is how it's going to be. If you haven't experienced that yet, I've seen this happen so many times. I've watched people walk through the waters of baptism, and it's almost like as soon as they're dry, the enemy picks them off. It doesn't mean they get, like, killed or, you know, like, they, they vaporize or anything like that. Don't think it's quite like that. But you know what? It's all of a sudden, God, it's like the, the, the bar is raised and say, how serious are you really about following me? And there are some trials come, and we have to press through them. We have to fight through them because on the other side, there's, there's incredible blessing. And listen to what Scripture says uh, in James chapter 1. Okay? And you, you can turn to James chapter 1 if you want. I'm just going to read this. It's just, anytime you hear me say a Scripture, write it down if you want, if you want to go back to and refer to it later on. But James chapter 1, it says that we are to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Man, nobody likes to hear that. Joy? <laughs> We're supposed to consider this good, like, hey, God, thank you. Thank you that I'm going through a hard time right now. Like, bring it on. Let's go. Let's do this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I think here's the deal. Sometimes when, it, when, when time trials come and God's wanting us to persevere and he's trying to finish a work in us, we escape. And sometimes we think the way to escape is to stop coming back to church. Let's not, let's, let's, man, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get serious about this God thing because it's hard. I'm going to just sink back into my old life. Isn't that the trick of the enemy, of our soul? Yeah, just keep, keep you know what, man, it was easier when we were living like this. Just go back over here. And, we're, and we believe that sometimes. You know, you're right. I, I'm just gonna, I, did, I had less trouble when I was here than it was when I was really trying to follow Jesus over here. But God is, is working in you. He's trying to complete something in you. And then it goes on to say in, in uh, 1 chapter 12, it says, Blessed is the one who perseveres. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't finish the last, that last thought. 
Let perseverance finish his work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Like God's going to do something. He's going to give you, he's going to need greater tools and the ability to, to, to fight through the trials and the temptations. But if we stop short, we never get there. And we never experience the victory that he wants us to experience. No pain, no gain. I guess that's kind of how it goes. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, this is verse 12, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. The struggle is real, but it's worth it. Because there's a crown of life promised to those who don't give up, those who love him. And the good news is, is right, as a follower of Jesus, we win in the end. So many times already, even in the last month, man, you know, it's like, you know, you got to be careful and be careful out on the road or whatever. And I'll say stuff like, well, to live is Christ, to die is gain. What, dude, are you crazy? You, you want to die? I'm like, no, I don't want to die. But if I do, I win. I win because I just escape all of the struggle of the world. And my wife, we just got some good life insurance. She's going to be fine, all right? My kids, they'll get to go to college. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Emma's like, but you got to walk me down the aisle. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to go anywhere, but man, I win in the end. And as, as believers in Jesus, we've got, in some, kind of, in, in some way, we have to live that way, saying, yeah, the struggle is real, it's hard, but I win in the end. And so God, what are you trying to teach me in the midst of this trial right now? And the truth is, we don't fight this battle alone. Turn to Romans chapter 8. So you back up a little bit in the New Testament there. Romans chapter 8. I can cheat because I just mark my Bible. I just flip it over. That way I get there real fast. This is my favorite traveling Bible, but it's also a little harder to read as I've gotten a little bit older. Got to keep it at a certain distance. Romans chapter 8. And let's start, um, let's see here. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? Homework for you. You could go back and read all of Romans 8 and you'll know what he's, what he's talking about. But in the interest of time, here's what it says. If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, so the struggle is real, the battle is real, but we're not alone. I mean, we have the creator of the universe for us, he's on our side, and we have each other, which is, which is in reality, God's plan for the church is to support and encourage one another. So if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It is he, or who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So you're going through all this difficult stuff. Know the truth that Jesus is praying for you to the Father. Isn't that a cool thought? Like you think, man, I'm all alone. Nobody gets it. And Jesus is like, hey, excuse me, over here. Uh, I've been there. I've been through all that stuff. Uh, I was hung on a tree. I don't know if you've ever been hung on a tree before. 
Yeah, if you have been hung on a tree, then we can, we can really see eye to eye here. Jesus says, I get it. And now I'm sitting right next to the Father praying on your behalf as you're going through these trials. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or a sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered sheep to be slaughtered. It's a, it's a great uh, advertisement for Christianity, isn't it? Yeah, come and follow Jesus. You'll be a sheep like being led to be slaughtered. That's exciting, right? Sign me up. Let's go, all right? Nobody wants, nobody wants to acknowledge that that is, that is the reality in the world that we live in because there are a lot of people around us who don't, who don't understand the truth and the, and the message of the cross is foolishness to them. No, it says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If that doesn't set you on fire, then I, have, I really have nothing else for you. Nothing, no matter what it is that you're going through today, no matter what it is you're going to go through tomorrow, can separate you from God's love. Does that bring any kind of comfort and encouragement to you? I hope it does. And I have to be reminded of that, ladies and gentlemen, because there are those moments where I'm like, okay. And God's like, there's nothing that can separate you, Brady, from my love. Not what you just did, you idiot. <laughs> Not what you're going to do tomorrow. Not what that person's going to say to you or the person that doesn't like you or is going to condemn you in some way. Hey, that can't separate you from my love. I love you. And God's already proven that he loves us. When you see a cross, let it remind you of his love for you. The struggle is real, but we're not alone. So we're on this journey, we continue along, and we start to see God working. Maybe want to see him even working more in our families. We pray for restoration among our family members. We pray that our family members will come to know Jesus, that he would set them on fire. Does anyone have any family members you wish were on fire for Jesus? want to pray you can close your eyes with me right now so we're going to just pray for our families father in your word it says that you will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers lord in our community in our world in our church there's separation in families and, and a lot of times it seems like it's really centered on the fathers. I think that's because the enemy gets more bang for his buck when he can take the dad out. Because he's supposed to be the leader of the home. He's supposed to be the one leading the way and shining the light and, and protecting his family. 
So God, I know early on in my life, you, the enemy, took me out for a while. And I was not there for my daughter the way I was supposed to be. But your grace forgave me. You strengthened me. You put me back on this path to be in my daughter's life, to love her, to be an example to her. And I know there are dads in this room maybe that need to be encouraged. There are dads that should be in this room, Lord, that need to be encouraged today. God, there's children in this room that are hurting because of their relationship with their, their father, and not just their father, but their mother as well. God, I pray for restoration in families. I pray for men especially that they would be so, quit being so self-centered just quit gravitating to the things that they can manage and control. And give up the control and just come to you, God, and say, I need you. I need your help. Help me to be a better dad. Help me to be a better husband. Lord, help men to be better ex-husbands. Help them not to be so hateful. Help us to put our children first and just allow you to bring healing. Even in the midst of where there's brokenness, God, you can bring healing. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus, on behalf of single mothers who feel like they're all alone. God, thank you for the ones who you, you've brought other people into their life, other men into their life to encourage them. God, I pray, that, uh, this just came to my mind. God, I pray that, that there would be women who would stop looking for men to solve their problems and they start looking to you, Lord, to solve their problems. And for single fathers, too. It's not just women. God, you would encourage them and strengthen them today. That there'd be people in the church that would come alongside them and encourage them and support them. And, and uh, Lord, for divine appointments with babysitters when they just need a break, God, that you would provide those kind of things. We pray for the children that are every other weekend kids. That you would heal their hearts that they would know, God, that you are an everyday God, an everyday Father in heaven. There's so much of that in our communities, Lord. We call out to you on behalf of marriages, the ones right here in this room. Bless the healthy ones, restore and repair the broken ones. We ask that you would teach us to be quick to forgive one another in all these relationships, God. So easy to judge, so easy to point fingers, so easy to be angry. But God, would you teach us to forgive like you forgave us? Would you teach us to give grace when it's not deserved? Would you help us, no matter how old or how young we are, if there is an opportunity for us to reconcile a relationship in our life, would you give us the courage and the perfect timing to do that, God? And let us not just merely listen to these words today. Let's put them into practice and experience the blessing that comes when we do that. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Brings us to this truth as we're on this journey that God dwell, longs to dwell in every moment of your life. Did you know that? The good and the bad and the ugly moments. <laughs> Jesus, it said, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I love that thought. He understands where we've been. He knows where we are. He knows where you're going, and he wants to journey with you. 
He is with us when we encounter people. And this is how we're going to finish up our time together because on this journey, when we experience revival in our own life and we begin to, to see God for who he really is and we allow him to see us for who we really are, we begin to look around us and say, man, on this journey, there are people who need to know this same Jesus that I know. And God maybe has placed you strategically in their life for a purpose. And that freaks some of us out because we're like, I don't know how to share my faith. I'm so afraid, like I'll say something stupid or I won't have all the answers. You know what? You're never going to have all the answers. But you have the answer, right? And you have a story to tell. You have your own journey. You can tell your story and talk about where you've been and how God has met you and your stuff and how God dwells with you and how, and just share your story with them. It'll, it, people, it's amazing how powerful your story really is. But we come in contact with people every day that are lost. You know what it means by that they're, that they're lost? I mean, like, it's not that they need a GPS. They just need Jesus. Right here in this community, I would even venture to say right here in this church today, there are people who have never put their faith and trust in Jesus. They have a knowledge of who he is. They've never really trusted him with their life. Saying, Jesus, I, I just need you. And Jesus, you modeled your love for me. You, the scripture says Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost. And he's calling us to, to do some seeking with him, to pray into, God, who is, who's in my life that needs you? There's empty seats in this church for a reason, Right? So I'm going to pray this prayer. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray this, uh, this prayer, and then Zach's going to play a song, a video that's a song. And there's a scripture that says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. Turn to our God, because he will freely pardon you. Maybe it's time for you to begin this journey with Jesus. And in order to do that, there's a scripture that says, if you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. In order to do that, you have to acknowledge that you need him. And so during this song, and you'll play it as soon as I'm done praying, during this song, if you would say, hey, today, Brady, I need to give my life to Jesus. I just never have. I mean, I know about him, but I just don't know him. And so I'm really just going to call you right out of your comfort zone. I'm going to ask you to come and just... Just come down here. During the song, if you feel like that's you. Right? And so so this is this is the prayer, and and then the invitation comes as the song starts. Father, would you free people this morning? 
not just in this room, but in our community, but especially right now here in this room. Free them of their self-defending thoughts that bind them and blind them to the sin in their life that is keeping them from your loving arms, from your loving arms. Right here in this room at this very moment, there are people who need to open their hearts to your magnificent love. Persuade them with your loving kindness to come just as they are. So I want you to think about somebody in your life that um, needs to know that there's nothing in their life that God can't touch or that he doesn't want to touch. We... um, We've been blessed with an opportunity to be in this space and God has provided extra room. So every single one of us knows this is not like a a move for church membership or church attendance or whatever, but every single one of us knows somebody that needs to know Jesus. And maybe you've been praying for them and and about them for a really long time and you've tried hundreds of times reaching out to them. Well, try again, you know. And, and, but before you do it, pray. You know, this whole next week in the prayer book, we'll be praying in and for people who need to come to a sincere um, re- repentance of saying, God, I just can't go the same direction anymore. I got to turn around. I mean, we all have got to that place, right? All of us. So we, we're just beggars who know where to get the bread, Right? We know where, to, where to, to be fed. And so we want to tell other hungry people where that is. We don't want to keep that secret to ourselves. Think about teenagers who walk the hallways of the school. You know, you, know you have friends that are hurting. and Adults, you, same thing. And, and uh, don't let fear keep you, you know, from, from encouraging other people. And just, you know, most people will come to church if you invite them, you know, say, hey come it's real casual come as you are you know um so thank you so much for being here today continue if you haven't got one of the prayer books grab a book and and pray be in prayer about this whole next week and what's what's coming up and uh, how god's working now next week i guess is daylight savings time right i believe so i think do we lose an hour of sleep oh man so that means you have to go to bed an hour earlier the night before (laughs) um it used to be when I was at the Baptist church, the only time I'd ever get to preach was one time a year on that day, so I'd always have to come an hour earlier than I typically would get to come. It's like, I think they did that on purpose. Um, but anyway, so just come, just come and be prepared for what the Lord has in store. If you're new here, we, we ask that you fill out one of, the, one of the cards, informational cards, place it in the offering basket as you're leaving today. If you came prepared to give, we pray you, uh, that you would do that as well and just place it in the offering basket as you're leaving a lot of times what happens is people will they'll wait for quite a while, everybody will be visiting, and then the basket leaves, and you're like, oh, what am I supposed to do with this? So I'd encourage you to do this. Go put your offering in the basket and then stay around and visit, all right? And uh, so thank you so much for being here. Let me just pray and let you guys go. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. Thank you that you want to start a revival in us so that your, your glory can then be revealed to people that we come in contact with each and every day. God, I pray that that we would really believe this thought that nothing 
in our life can separate us from your love. That you love us that much that, that Jesus was willing to come and give his life so that we might have life everlasting. That is the truth of the gospel. That's, that's what it's all about. God, I pray that we would remember that this week as we go throughout our busy lives. Help us not to be, be too busy to acknowledge you, to, to fight this real battle on our knees before you, God. Thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.